Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. All right. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope 2018 has brought you a good start already with lots of love, lots of laughter, lots of time spent with your family, I hope. Um, Today's a super special podcast day because for the first time ever, I'm recording this podcast while live on Instagram. I don't know if people have like done this a lot before, but it means that right now as I'm recording this, there's a couple thousand people yeah, thousands of people already and people keep coming in, uh, listening in and tuning in from all over the world just to watch me record and to answer questions. So this podcast, I'm going to take questions live and I have no huge theme for this week other than to be really honest and in the spirit of from the heart, just answer all the questions. So without further ado... (laughs) Let's get started. Um, I'm going to start with a really simple question that someone asked me that I I really love. Um, Someone asks, how are you today? (laughs) So in the spirit of this podcast and the spirit of this being from the heart, um, let me be super honest. I'm kind of feeling crappy right now. Like, I I don't even know where to to start. I like went out yesterday. (laughs) I went out, like partied kind of, I don't know, I went for dinner with my sister, Um, we had some sangria and some pasta, and it was really chill, and then we decided to go uh, have a drink somewhere, I mean, she's 20 years old, and then somehow I end up at like a club place, or like a a place where fork, like people are really drunk, dancing to reggaeton, going totally insane, and I have not been drunk or been out since, yeah, pre-pregnancy, so what is that, it's almost two years ago. I didn't drink that much, but I got really drunk. I'm like embarrassed to admit that I got really drunk. (laughs) And today I feel worse than any hangover of my entire life. Like I cannot remember ever, (laughs) ever feeling this shitty, ever, ever, ever. I don't know. Is it part of getting older or does it just mean that, you know, having a baby um, just kind of messes with your body and your ability to recover? I don't know. 
But I feel like I partied, you know, for days straight. That's just how I'm feeling right now. It's not a fun thing, let me tell you. Okay, <laughs> still here. So what I was saying is that I ha I partied and now I feel like absolute shit. And if there are any parents out there that had a baby and then hit pause on normal things like going out and having fun or whatever, like the first hangover <laughs> of motherhood is is the worst one I've, I've ever had. I don't know if the people that are tuning in on Instagram right now can tell I just am not feeling amazing. I don't know. I feel like my throat is like all thick, like I have cotton in my head. Ugh. No bueno. And the worst part of all, okay, so in the spirit of from the heart, the worst part of all is one of the struggles that I've had the past couple of weeks, like genuine struggles, is that my baby, Lea Luna, she doesn't want to nurse anymore at all. And I've taken every piece of advice from every book, from every like online forum. I've asked people through social media, friends, family. I tried everything. She doesn't want it. I tried lying down in a dark room, like decreasing her solids and only feeding her after a long nap, like all this stuff. She doesn't want it. She just wants to walk away. Like she's super active. That's what it is. So I kind of, during New Year's, I decided to just accept that whatever happens, it's what she wants, right? I'm going to go with the flow of what my baby wants. I don't have to attach this big yeah, expectation that she has to nurse for two years, which is what I originally wanted or for a much, much longer time than nine months. And then today, you know, I wake up and I feel like crap because I had alcohol last night and it's just, I'm regretting ever even going out to dinner. Like everything just feels horrible. And then Dennis had a meeting, so he had to go work. <laughs> so I slept like three hours and then I'm up with a baby feeling awful. And what's the first thing she does is she reaches for the boob and she asks to nurse. Like what? Like why? And then of course, you know, I drank last night, so I cannot nurse her. What the fork? It's up with that. <laughs> Why does it happen that way? So I had this morning where I just felt totally useless as a mom. Like I have never, you know, I've never been hungover with my baby before. That's not a cool thing. Like it's, there's nothing fun or cute or exciting about that. You know, it's just really, really sad. So I had a morning of just feeling totally like kind of worthless and shitty <laughs> in the spirit of from the heart. That's, that's where I am. So actually I told Dennis today, I am never drinking again. <laughs> And I've never said that in my entire life. Like I, I never make a resolution or say stuff like that because I know it's just not true. Like I like to drink wine, but I'm a mom now. So I think I have to just embrace the fact that a glass of wine sometimes with dinner, like that's my jam. That's where I am. <laughs> and I can see my mom commenting on Instagram right now. Don't drink. No drink. Don't drink. My mom is sober. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is interesting. Thanks, mom. I'll, I'll try to keep, keep the alcohol to a minimum. <laughs> So, so naughty. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yes, I am a mom now. So life, life is different. Life is changing. But aside from that, um, because New Year's just passed. So uh, if you looked at my blog or read my blog yesterday, I shared a big blog about how my New Year's resolutions or my New Year's intentions, how they're manifesting and the action items that I'm attaching to what I'm planning for the new year. And it's a really big list with big things that I want to do and that I want to create. And of course this, you know, as with Every new year, so you start off really great, really solid. So I had a couple of things that were like physical things that I'm doing for the new year. One was floss, <laughs> which I was laughing so hard that I even put that on the list because it's one of those cliche things, you know, that everybody says on January 1st, I'm going to floss all year. But I never took care of my teeth. 
Like I never, well, I mean, I brush my teeth twice a day like everybody else, but I was never like a teeth person. Like some people are really obsessed with like having perfect teeth and clean teeth and all that stuff. I never really flossed. Like that's the most boring thing I could ever think of. But that, that was my resolution because I don't know if it's part of being a mom or growing up or getting old or whatever, but I just had this, I put it on the list. I really want to floss every day. So yesterday I did that. Yay. <laughs> For me, I've lost score one day <laughs> or two days. Um, and then on my list I had, because Dennis has been asking me for months, he really wants to go for a run once or twice a week with the family. So now we have a little running stroller so we can all go run together. And it's like a really fun thing, he thinks. I mean, running for me is like torture. If you are a person listening right now and you're a runner, <laughs> like I feel like your brain is just wired differently, differently than mine. Running is the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. And people talk about this runner's high, like after X amount of minutes or whatever, you're supposed to get it, like this endorphin-induced high. I have never gotten there, <laughs> ever. I just feel miserable the whole time. I run until I just feel like I'm going to die. And then, you know, that's what it is. But now, you know, my husband is training always for Ironman and he's doing more next year or this year. I mean... So he really wants us to do that as a family. So it's not just that me doing yoga on my own every morning, which is a thing I do alone. And then Dennis goes out and runs on his own, but like we can actually do it together. So I committed to that, uh, running twice a week. Oh God, I hate it already. <laughs> and now I see my mom, mom commenting, you actually need to be high to run, <laughs> to run. Maybe is that what I'm doing wrong? I should, I should get high and then go running. Ah, that's what it is. That's the runner's high everybody talks about. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get on that. Oh, God. But yesterday, I flossed. I ran. On my list also was blog. I blogged. Like, I did all this stuff that was on my list. I felt so good and so amazing. I cleaned out the house. I started organizing some stuff. Like, I felt really on top of my shit, you know. And then I went out to dinner, and then I drank, and then I woke up this morning, and life just feels totally pointless. Like, what is that? What is that? That, is it normal to feel that way? Has it always been, has it always been like that? Like, you get drunk, and then the next day, you feel, like, totally low and down and depressed, because I, I can't remember life before baby. Like, I can't remember what it was like. I cannot remember this. Maybe that was just the thing, and you're just used to feeling semi-shitty, because I would have, like, once a week, I'd go out and I'd dance, or have fun, and get drunk, or whatever, and I always, you know, I used to be a party girl, and I don't remember this feeling of, of feeling like total shit, like, I don't know. And it's not just physical, but emotional. And I start feeling like, oh, all my New Year stuff is out the window. And I don't know. I think I'm reevaluating my relationship with alcohol overall, mostly because of baby. I don't think ever, I mean, ever. And I'm thinking, when is a moment in our life this year when I know we're going to, you know, have a, have a fun night out? Like Patrick and Olivia are getting married in May. That's a huge thing. So I know already during that wedding, of course, we're going to dance and party and, and all this stuff. But I need someone to come and take the baby. I don't want to be like, do this with a baby at all. Then I, I would rather just not do it at all. So if anybody wants to come to France and hang out with Looney so Dennis and I can go have fun at the wedding, just hit me up. Okay. Anybody. That would be so much fun. But moving on. So yeah, in the spirit of from the heart, should I add like alcohol to this list of things that I'm doing for the year? It's not a big deal. I know. It's not a huge deal. I just shouldn't read too much into it. But I just really had this moment of like, fuck, like this is just a sign of, of something that I should be more mindful of. 
And yesterday, this is also interesting. So when we were out, my sister's 20 years old. She's totally crazy. I mean, I mean, she's like me when I was 20. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> what it is. She's a 20-year-old, which, you know, how 20-year-olds are. Um, and we're like, you know, we met some people that were out and some people were traveling and some people were from Venezuela and someone was from the States and she's talking to some guy. And then I find myself like deeply entrenched in this conversation about the situation in Venezuela right now. And... Um, the fact that there's starving people and starving babies and it's so close. Like you can literally, I mean, you, you can't really, not everyone, but you could almost swim from Aruba to Venezuela. That's how close it is. And here you see so much excess and so much tourism and, and you know, so much food is thrown away here. I mean, I, I don't even know the tons of food people throw away at the restaurants here. And then just across the ocean, like just like so close, it's 18 miles away, people are starving to death. Like, how is that a possibility? How is that even real? And I was really in this really deep conversation yesterday about how can I, with people from living in Caracas, living in Venezuela, and how can I, how can I support? What can I do? That was like the highlight of my day or my night yesterday was having that conversation, learning more about that situation and feeling um, a little more empowered as to how I can help. So <laughs> I think that's just, I'm not meant to be out and about dancing, being mindless and crazy. I don't think it's possible anymore. So moving on, anybody, everybody tuning into Instagram right now. So ask your question again and again so that I don't miss it. Um, but I'm going to move to something that people were, have been asking a lot. Um, someone is asking, you seem so energetic. <laughs> do you ever have days where you want to stay home and do nothing? And if you do, what helps you get going? Well, right now I'm having that forking day. Like I'm having that day right now, right here, where <laughs> this morning, I just, I did not want to do anything. I couldn't believe I was recording this podcast today. I was like, why did I commit to that? Why did I, what's up with my life choices? Like everything's horrible and terrible. And of course, like I have those days as everybody else. A day like today though is really rare. So I'm glad I don't have more of those. But of course, like the thing is now having a nine month old, she's so, so joyful and she's so energetic and she's so excited about all of life it's really hard to be around her and not be really excited about life like that's just a fact right now she's always smiling she's dancing now she's doing this really funny thing where she bobs her head whenever she hears music and she's almost walking like she's so close walking it's it's totally crazy um, and she's so energetic and she's all over the place. Whenever I'm with her, it's just, I don't think about anything else. You know, it's just, I go with the flow of that and waking up with her just puts a big smile on my face every single day. So I don't have that, you know, not energetic feeling very much or that feeling like I just want to stay on the couch and do nothing. If, however, I do, um, I try to allow myself to have that. Like I try to allow myself to really merge into that emotion or to merge into that feeling if it's possible. So whenever we have those days of just feeling totally blah or, you know, tired or not motivated, um, I think it's, there's a reason that those days come, especially if we're used to working really hard or we're um, living at another pace of life. So instead of fighting it and thinking like, how can I activate more and how can I get more things done? Like maybe you need a break, you know, maybe you need a break and you need to take a moment just to drop into silence or give yourself that one day of lying on the couch or that one day to just do something for yourself, right? And it doesn't have to be a big negative where you like, you know, watch Netflix and binge eat 
bad food and stuff like that. Like, how can you rest or give yourself something to rejuvenate a little bit or to um, to restore? I guess restore is the word I'm looking for. Um, and usually, at least for me, if I give myself that space and that time to just drop and to to let things go a little bit and to soften and to relax. I'll find that that sense of wanting to act again comes back. So I guess that would be my advice. Um, and then, of course, if you have those days consecutively where over and over again you're feeling unmotivated, unenergized, I think it's a really good idea to get motivated by getting really clear on what it is that you're looking to do, right? Sometimes we we want to motivate ourselves. We want to accomplish these dreams or goals or change our life somehow or get, you know, energized about life, um, but we're not really clear as to what it is that we want or what exactly um, what exactly it is that we're trying to manifest with that energy that we're longing for. So write some stuff down. Find a friend, share, talk about it. Like it really, um, I love the practice of non-reactive sharings, just sitting face-to-face with someone and speaking. Like you can set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes, pick a topic like life purpose. Like I don't know if there's a purpose in my life, or I don't know where I'm going next. Um, and just start talking. Like it's a really cool practice. Just start talking. Uh, and with no one there kind of poking at you or asking you questions and just having someone hold space, you might find that you actually know the answer to that question yourself, right? You might find that you already know exactly what you want to do, but it just hasn't been really defined. So also um, another practice that I really like is stream of consciousness journaling. I don't know if anybody listening, if you've ever tried that. So basically it is, you begin with one sentence or one topic and then you sit, take a moment to breathe. And the moment you put pen to paper, you keep writing no matter what. Like you keep writing no matter what. Um, And that might mean if you don't know what you're going to write, you might write, I don't know what I'm going to write. I don't know what I'm going to write. I don't know what I'm going to write. And you write that again and again. Or you write, this is stupid or this is bullshit or I am tired or I don't know what, you know, you just write gibberish until you arrive at something. It really works. Um, A couple of sentences that I like to start with, um, a practice that I do a lot is if there was no fear present in my life, if I was fearless, right? If I was completely fearless, what would I do? Um, and then you continue or follow up with that sentence or just answering the question of right now I feel and then continue writing and see where that goes. Um, so yeah, stream of consciousness, journaling and sharing is a really good practice and just talking to someone. It's good to have that one person in your life you can bounce ideas of. It's good to have a person in your life that can pull you out of a funk, right? Do you, do you have that person in your life? The person that can, when you're feeling low, when you're feeling down, that one person you can call who can like pick you up and and help you get motivated and help you get excited about stuff again. And right now, that person in my life is my baby. <laughs> and um, she does it just organically, so beautifully for me every single day. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, I'm seeing a lot of questions come in and I'm seeing a lot of like smiley faces. And hi, Matt, I see you. Look at you. Give Ariella a hug for me. You guys are so beautiful. And mom. Okay, I see you, mom. Mom is like mom you don't have to be the number one commenter in the comment feed you don't want to be the one person who posts the most comments on Instagram trust me that's not who you want to be oh you guys are so beautiful you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you, something that's much easier said than done. After too many years of wearing uncomfortable and poorly fitting bras or ditching them altogether in protest, I finally found the lingerie brand for me, Third Love. 
Third Love has changed the industry. Did you know that other bra brands only carry 15 sizes? Well, Third Love has 60 sizes from AA through G, including half cups. If you've never heard of half cups, it's because nobody else ever offers them. Using women's real measurements and super smoothing memory foam, Third Love creates bras that are right for your body and that feel amazing. There's a perfect bra for everyone. For those of you in the US, go to thirdlove.com slash heart, answer a few simple questions on the Fit Finder quiz, and be instantly matched with an expertly recommended bra for your unique size and shape. When your new favorite bra arrives, test it out. It's going to be so comfortable, you might even forget that you're wearing it. If the bra is not your new favorite, you can easily return or exchange it for free. This year, make the change that will change the way you think about bras. Go to thirdlove.com slash heart right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heart for 15% off. Thirdlove.com slash heart. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Okay, so let's take another question. Um... Someone is asking, how do you know when you have nailed an awesome business idea? How do you get started when you don't have any funding? So how do you know when you've arrived at something that's really, truly great? That's a super hard question to ask, but I can see that whoever's asking that, maybe you feel like you have an awesome idea that you're sitting with, that you want to manifest. Um, for me, it's always when something, like, when it clicks, you know, right? If you're finding, if you're finding a gap, like, in the market or... Um, there's something needed. I, I kind of, I, I have this feeling, these ideas all the time since having the baby too, um, especially with gadgets and things that relate to baby stuff where I find like, this is so stupid. Why doesn't this exist in a smarter way? Uh, one thing, okay, if someone is listening now, especially a manufacturer of this product, you can take my idea and roll with it because this is something that I'm just never going to follow up with. But for instance, a car seat for a baby, um, 
I have, I'm yet to find a car seat for a baby that's just smart. Like, I, of course, they're going to be safe and all of that. Like, that's the number one thing. But the one that we have for Luna, which was super recommended by a bunch of people, um, there's no way to open the straps and then just attach them to the side of the seat. Like, you could put, like, a little piece of Velcro there. You could have, like, a super easy system just to, like, connect them so that you can put the baby in without the straps being all stuck and tangled. And I looked at a bunch of... Um, baby seats or car seats online they're all like that like none of them have that super easy feature to just help you when you're on your own with the baby to put the baby in the fucking car seat um stuff like that and then i'm like damn i should just like produce a little thing a little gadget that helps you with this very simple thing or the fact that the same car seat makes a really loud noise when you click it in and i'm like whoever produced this and it's like a giant company did they not think about the fact that a sleeping baby is going to be in this car seat and maybe this thing should be like a little bit quieter <laughs> not wake the baby up every time you put them in the car. Like, come on. So stuff like that. Like I like to come up with solutions for problems. And if you ever have, you know, a really great one, like it's actually a genuine business idea, you're going to feel it because your whole body is going to go, oh my God, I can do this. This is a great thing. Um, I had one of those moments when I founded 108 or 108.com and it wasn't at all like, oh, um, I want to make a bunch of money or I want to do something super successful. So how can I, you know, take advantage of, of some space in this community? It was a need that I saw because people were writing me asking for help. They were asking for support, um, specifically in areas that I am not at all an expert in. So I had people ask me about it, you know, help with depression and eating disorders. I was getting suicide letters written from people and just this overwhelming amount of um, people that were suffering. And then I spent so much time uh, Googling my way to try to find help for the people that were emailing me. So finding therapists and psychologists or people that I knew that could connect these people that were in need with some, you know, mental health professional, for instance. Uh, and it just felt like I, you know, it took so much time and I, I couldn't understand why people were reaching out to me instead of go see like an expert. Like I, I'm a yoga teacher. I post stuff to social media. Like I am not a suicide hotline. And still I was getting a lot of that sent my way, which is just so heartbreaking. So what I realized is that there needs to be something much more profound than social media. Like there needs to be something that's much more profound um, than just Instagram. Like Instagram is great for inspiration, for motivation. Um, it's not for instruction, like at all. <laughs> I really don't think. Um, and it's not going to deeply change your life. So if you need help, um, that's, I was so shocked by that. Like people are in this big need of help, but they're scrolling through Instagram looking for something. Um, but maybe they weren't ready to go see that actual therapist in real life or the actual mental health professional to help them. So I felt like we needed a, a, to bridge that gap in a way. And then of course we included yoga and meditation and healthy foods and all the things that help us, uh, that help us grow into just a whole balanced, balanced person. And it became 108.com and we have, you know, a, a grief counselor on there and a relationship specialist. And we have an amazing, beautiful psychologist who works with eating disorders and, and all this stuff. Um, and it's growing now and we're, you know, we're in the midst of a lot of changes. So if you're already practicing with 108, there's a lot of stuff happening this year. I'm super excited to share that really, really soon. But it was born out of a need that was there. So when I thought, wow, like maybe I could create this online platform where all of this just works and it clicked, like it just felt like such a smart idea. No one was really doing it and it was born out of love. So if you're sitting on something that you feel like I want to create it, 
go for it. Like really, really, really go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go look around. Look at your life. Where do you have connections? Who can you talk to? Who can you ask for advice? You know, I, I promise you, once you put yourself out there, things are going to happen. It's just we need to take those first actual action steps of making a dream happen, not just sitting on it. Um, I see a few questions coming in. Uh, because I, I'm mentioning a lot things that are happening next or this year. Fuck, how long am I going to say next year about 2018? This year, um, since it's already January. But um, I'm not ready to share it just yet, but we're super, super, super close. We have some really fun things that um, that I'm launching this year and uh, some really cool initiatives and really awesome ways to be of service and help the world. So, 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 so soon. Someone is asking, how do you deal with separation from your family? I have family living all over the world in different countries and separation just never gets easier. I know. We spoke about that just recently, me and my, me and my mom. Uh, actually, like it really sucks to separate. You know, there's that saying, um, partir c'est mourir un peu. <laughs> Butchering this French. But it means separating is to die a little bit. It sucks to separate. But I also believe that we have the most amazing time when we see each other because we don't spend every single day all year round together. So that actually helps. It means that when we're spending time together, we squeeze all the joy, all the love out of that. We really have a super intense 24 hours a day, like really totally together. Um, and I think it works for now. For now, it's totally working. I, uh, I don't know what's, what's going to happen when Luna is, is like in school and, and stuff like that. I really don't know. It's really helpful to have family around and I love my family. I miss them a lot. But right now it works and I think they enjoy traveling from Sweden to Aruba too. So for now it's okay. Um, people are asking so many things about the baby. Um, let's see here. People. Wow, this is so much. I don't know what to choose and what to pick from. <laughs> I don't know what to pick from. Um, a lot of people are asking. Okay, so... How do you deal with the pressure of showing up every day? Man, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with the pressure of showing up. I don't know. I had another question that I wrote down um, from Instagram yesterday. Let me pull that up right now. Um, yeah, to show up every day, this is a really challenging thing. Someone wrote, writes or someone wrote in asking, how do you find the strength to continuously fight for causes you believe in? How do you fight the good fight when you see so much pain in the world but without coming, becoming depleted? And I super resonate with this question because it's a really valid one. It's a really real thing. And I'm still trying to answer that. Like there, there's, there's a part of me that just, I can get completely sucked into pain and suffering of humanity, pain and suffering of other people. And I just, it drowns me. Like it just completely drowns me. And especially if it's something that's close to home for me, always animals and children is, it's always my two, you know, my two causes that I always fight for, that I always connect with. So we had a, a situation here in Aruba where I live uh, a couple of weeks ago where two little boys were killed um, at the hands of their own parents. So in, in a, in a super horrible, horrible horrible abuse case and it's something that you know has never really seen on this island at least not in the papers like maybe this stuff happens all the time I oh god I really hope not but um it was a real shock to the whole to the whole country and I I could not get the image of these boys out of my head I I, I could not I couldn't I would wake up every single morning and they were the first thing I saw um 
I would go to bed at night and they were the last thing that I thought of. I just could not get the image of these boys out of my head. And I had this feeling like I somehow I could have prevented it, which I know of course is not true. Like I did not know that family just because we live both, all, all of us live in Aruba doesn't mean that, you know, I don't, I'm not the master of the universe. I can't fix it and heal everything. But I mean, they live 20 minutes away from us. So this island is really, really small. And somehow I had this feeling of, wow, like I, I have so many initiatives and things I want to do, but we do a lot of work globally. So we have with 109, our um, Global Missions Foundation, we have initiatives all over the world. So we do, you know, Ecuador and Greece and Nicaragua and Latvia and Sweden and Congo and, you know, all over Thailand. We had an initiative just now. And then this stuff is happening in my own backyard. Like that was a really hard pill for me to swallow that I've been focusing a lot of attention elsewhere. But then there is this horrible stuff happening right here in my own community where I live. And I had, I don't know, I had easily, easily a whole week where I was every day in tears, every day crying. Um, I, I put the picture of these boys, I, I put it on Instagram. You can scroll through a couple of weeks back. It's there. Um, I have still have those pictures in my phone. I had them for that whole week. I had them as my screensaver. I just, I didn't want to forget about them. Like I really wanted to find a way to honor their memory. But once I got out of that really intense heaviness, which is just so, so difficult to deal with, um, but I think it's important that you let yourself feel that, right? There's a reason we want to do good things for the world because we feel and we connect and we feel the suffering of other people and we want to help relieve it or we want to help ease that pain. So allow yourself to feel that and then take action, right? And then act. So when I got out of that really heavy, 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 horrible feeling, uh, the first thing that I did was I started, you know, looking around and, okay, what's already happening on this island? We have two orphanages here. One is for small, like young kids, zero, like zero to six years old. And one is for six to 18. And turns out they are always full all the time. These orphanages are always full. And these two kids that died, I'm so sorry that this podcast and this live feed has taken like a really heavy turn right now, but um, they had actually been taken from their parents. At least this is what the paper said. I don't know if it's all true, but they said that they had been taken from their parents, put in this orphanage because they were in an unsafe and an unfit home environment, clearly. But then it was full and too crowded. So they put the boys back home, <laughs> which to me is just, okay. So there's an issue on the island here with facilities. Is it that fucking simple? Like we need to open a third orphanage to house more kids that need to be removed from unfit parents. Like that sounds like a pretty simple fucking thing to do. Like, okay, like how, how much money do we need to raise to open an orphanage? What are the laws? Do we need to work with the government? What kind of people do we need to have work? Of course, it's a huge initiative. But after that, I can see clearly in my mind all these steps, all these action steps that I can actually take. Like I have a friend who's a child psychologist, works for the government or used to work for the government. I have a lot of connections in this area. Like I just immediately, I could, I could write, you know, 15 things down that I can do now to start making this happen. So, and that's how we make change. That's how we get going. So I hope at some point of this year to have something really solid. And it might not be like exactly that, you know, we're going to do more research and we might find out that, okay, that's not exactly what's needed. Maybe it's something else. We need education or you need support for the social workers. Like it could be a totally different thing that, that this will embody, but something, I'm going to do something. So I guess my answer to that question, it was a, a long answer, is use that pain that you feel when you connect to the suffering of other people. First feel it and then use it and let it fuel you to do something fucking epic. And we need everybody out there to, to find a cause and fight for it. 
If you're right there, out there right now, you don't have a cause that you're truly believing, like you're not actively of service, I would love for this to be your invitation to go out in your community and look, how can I be of service? How can I help? Everywhere there is something, everywhere. And you have to find that one thing that you deeply connect with so that you can make a change that's lasting and where you feel motivated all the way through. And it's going to change your life. Being of service is going to change your life. It's a single one thing that you can do to improve your well-being overall. If you look at it from a super selfish standpoint, just like, okay, how is it going to change my life if I start helping other people? It's going to elevate every level of your being. You're going to become, live on a, operate on a totally different level. And you're going to find that just giving to others, it's the greatest joy. So do it for the world, do it for yourself, do it for all of us. Seva, seva, be of service. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Does your New Year's intention involve improving your health through what you eat? It doesn't have to be that hard. This year, you can start off strong with Sunbasket, a weekly meal delivery service that sends you organic and clean ingredients with easy-to-follow recipes. For all of you in the U.S., you get $35 off of your first Sunbasket order when you go to sunbasket.com yoga. When you have healthy meals regularly delivered to your door from Sunbasket, it's easy to stay on track and not to mention explore delicious new recipes right in your own kitchen. Personalize your meals to be any mix of paleo or lean and clean, gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, Mediterranean, and more. Pick from 18 recipes each week and receive organic ingredients and house-made sauces you won't find anywhere else. Each meal is created by award-winning chefs and approved by nutritionists. With pre-measured ingredients and step-by-step -step instructions that are super easy to follow, You'll be eating delicious, healthy meals in just 30 minutes. With Sunbasket, you'll have total flexibility. You can cancel, skip, or change your meal plan at any time to see how easy it is to keep your wellness on track and get healthy, clean meals on your table. For those of you in the U.S., go to sunbasket.com yoga today to learn more and to get $35 off of your first order. That's sunbasket.com yoga for $35 off. sunbasket.com yoga. Okay, a couple of questions uh, have come in right now. So yeah, speaking of kids, there's a lot of questions coming in about the baby. Um, I, I, I've seen so many, and people were emailing these in too, questions about uh, Leia Luna and her eating. <laughs> or questions about Leia Luna and her being vegan, which is really interesting. Uh, so I'm vegan. I've been vegan for three months. Uh, my husband, as you all know, is not. If you heard our last podcast together, he has uh, suddenly on the spot, he created his own label for his eating habits. He calls himself a pescator, <laughs> which I'm still very unclear as to what that exactly means. But it basically says it means someone who's really into fish and obsessed with eating fish, sometimes eats a little bit of meat and then maybe once a while a vegetable knowing him you know he, he eats a lot of meat and we have this conversation all the time trust me all the time um, and with a baby I, before I was vegan again because I used to be vegan for years and then I had like a couple of years where I lost my way and I was eating cheese and ice cream and all this shit and as soon as she was born and as soon as she started eating solids I knew like I'm not going to give her animal products of of course not. Like, that would be crazy because I still have this very, I still have the core values of a vegan person. I was just lost, I guess. So I was already then kind of thinking like, okay, I know if she's going to be vegan because I'm not going to give her, you know, breast milk from another mammal. Like that to me just doesn't sound good. But still I was eating it myself, which is super weird. But I just decided, I said, hey, Dennis, like I really want her to, to eat 
plant-based food? And he was like, of course, yes. No, but that's great. And I'm like, well, why don't like, and you eat a lot of meat. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's me and I'm older and, you know, who cares? And she has to be super healthy, of course. And, you know, so he was right away on the vegan train for her, which is, uh, I think says a lot about us that neither of us were. And then when I transitioned three months ago, you know, it became so clear and so easy. So now she eats food from my plate. Like we had a party at Island Yoga two days ago. We had a, our one year anniversary with a huge buffet of amazing vegan food. And she just like is eating everything like hummus and pita and olives and um, grilled vegetables. Like she just, she loves all food. We have are yet to encounter anything aside from carrot. She does not like carrots. Um, everything else she likes and eats everything. Like she had spicy food accidentally and did not flinch. So <laughs> she's just a child who likes to eat. But yeah, we didn't have any argument, no discussions, no big um, issues in terms of Luna growing up as a vegan. What we have decided though is that when she's old enough to make her own decisions and if she decides that she doesn't want to be, she wants to eat something different, then that will be up to her. Like she will get to make those decisions for herself when she's old enough to do that. So um, that's at least how we're planning to raise the baby. Um, another question coming in. Someone was asking a really beautiful question about sun baby. And I was like so confused. They're like, did the astrology reading you had say anything about when sun baby is coming? And I was so like, what? What, is, what do you mean? Who's sun baby? And then I realized if we ever have a boy, like Luna is little moon baby, she's our little moon, then the boy will be the little sun. I can cry right now. Just, oh my God, I'm tearing up. Okay, I'm tearing. I'm not having a baby soon. People are commenting now. Are you, are you pregnant? Are you having a baby? No, I'm not pregnant. Not having a baby any <laughs> anytime soon that I know of, soon that I know of. But um, we want to have a boy. Like that would be really beautiful. And yeah, the sun and the moon, like that would be so beautiful. But I'm just kind of, I don't know, man. <laughs> having one child feels like having a lot. <laughs> feels like a lot. So I don't know. I'm thinking, first I was thinking, okay, if we're going to do two, we should just like bang them out, have two at the same time move on, <laughs> you know, do like the kids years and the baby years, which are so intense. And then, you know, you're out of that. Uh, but now I don't know, maybe waiting a couple years so that we can just be normal people again. <laughs> again, my mom is commenting like, yes, Island yoga team and Ombre is commenting. You also have us. I do. I have my Island yoga babies, um, but they're kind of self-sufficient, my island yoga babies. They they get up in the morning on their own. They put on their own clothes. They eat their own food. My island yoga babies, they do very well on their own. But we'll, we'll see what the future holds. We'll see what the future holds. Um, another question that came in. Okay, so people were asking a lot of social media stuff. Um, specifically, okay, I got two questions about comments and about feeling swallowed up by social media. Someone writes, do you read all the comments? I've seen that you've said so before, uh, doesn't it kill you that complete strangers have opinions on the smallest unessentials of every single post? Do you have help? Is someone monitoring this for you? So I do all of my social media on my own. It's all me. I mean, you guys would know if all of a sudden someone else started, <laughs> started posting. Like I'm very personal and very vulnerable and very much me all the time. So there's no version of this where someone else could, could ever do this for me. I read all the comments all the time. I read every comment that I ever receive. Uh, I don't super engage a lot. Like I answer questions here and there and I don't answer every single comment. Like I've never been into that. And just because it takes up a lot of time. 
Like it's really, really time consuming and I like to post something and then I read through it and then uh, if anyone's going through something, you know, hard, I always connect back. I, I write back, I think, a lot more on Instagram uh, messaging. So if you Instagram message me, um, I connect back. I think there's at least a couple hundred replies that I give every single day. So I guess that is a lot maybe in a day. Um, but no one monitors the comments or anything. The one thing we have is we have on the blog, so on rachelbraithen.com, if you post a comment there, it has to be, it's moderated. So it has to be approved. And it's just because we get spam and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. Um, and complete strangers having opinions on all this stuff. Like I'm very used to that. I do feel like that's the case in the regular life it's just people aren't as quick to tell you like we walk around daily lives we judge our uh, we judge each other all the forking time about all this stuff we just don't say it and on the internet and social media it's like everything is forking word vomit like everyone just says exactly what they think the nastiest thing that pops up into their head immediately and if you are on instagram live right now watching this you can just scroll through comments and see how many people are just randomly saying fuck you or show your boobs or someone writes in capital letters, sex. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Like, who are you? Why are you here? Like, go do something else. Go take care of yourself. Go, like, take a shower and chill out. <laughs> but, I mean, it's really intense. And I don't know. I've, I've, I'm not, like, a big commenting person in social media. Like, even on, you know, with my friends and stuff. Like, I very rarely... Uh, I very rarely do that. So I have a really hard time imagining being like an angry person who writes people online. I don't get it. I got some comments yesterday, which was just, I was just cracking up um, from, a, I don't know, I'm thinking it's a woman who, who was writing different comments under different names on my website, but they all came from the same IP address. So I know it's the same person um, about like different ways of how she hates me. And I was just like, this is, this is really interesting like I don't know what to do with this like should I talk to her should I should I write her back should I see if she's okay should I ask if she needs something like if she hates me this much she's spending this much time writing like really hateful comments pretending she's a bunch of different people um, under the same email address and the same IP address like I, I'm kind of thinking that maybe she's my biggest fan Maybe she loves me, but I did something to piss her off and now she has to like comment. But I have a really hard time understanding that, like the 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 negativity and the and the hate like that comes through social media and that comes through through the internet because I don't know. And I know most people that listen to this, you're probably not that person. I'm I'm gonna guess. One of my favorite things though is uh when I have someone who writes something really horrible and then they change their minds. <laughs> like that somehow happened a lot. Um I don't know, I can't remember exactly about I think baby stuff. Um that I would get an email from someone saying, like, hey, um I, I commented the other day that I thought you were being super stupid with this and that decision. Uh and now I realized like that was a totally crazy thing to tell a stranger. So I'm sorry. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Like, can we have more of this? Like, you know, like, I don't know. It just becomes this, this totally crazy thing. So you have to, in Sweden, Sweden, we say, uh, which means, um, is that an English saying too? Like you have to take everything with a grain of salt. It is an English saying too. So yeah, you can't take everything too seriously. That's just the thing. And what I'm working on right now is, um, not like being okay with not pleasing everybody. And it's really hard. Um, it's really hard. I want everyone to like me. <laughs> I have issues. No, but it's, it's, it's really hard, um, for me, especially if we have, like we had, I, I shared in the last episode of the podcast, we had a woman who was here at the studio who had a super bad experience and she was really unhappy with the class that I taught. Like 
that's what it is. And instead of focusing on the 13,000 people that were at Island Yoga this year practicing that had a great experience and that raves about us, I got really stuck and caught up about this one woman who didn't like it. We thought there were more too many people in the room and it was too hot and I hadn't advertised it as a hot class. And, and then I wasn't there to take a photo with her and she was really upset. And I was thinking about this woman forever. Like she ruined my Christmas. <laughs> Or my inability to let go of like negative feedback ruined my Christmas. Like I was thinking about her Christmas Eve. Like how could I have helped that woman have a better experience? Because it just broke my heart that she came to Island Yoga and she didn't like us. And come on, like I need to work on that. It's not her problem. It's my problem. I need to be okay with the fact that not everyone's going to like me. Not everyone is going to like what I put out into the world, even no matter how hard I try. Um, a saying that I love is that saying about the peach um, you can be the juiciest, most delicious peach in the world, and there's still going to be people out there who don't like peaches. It's a really good quote. Whoever said that, you're, it's a really good quote. So instead of trying to, you know, obsessing about what doesn't work, I'm just going to focus on doing what I do really well, putting great things out into the universe. And if people don't vibe with it, move on. Like, that's okay. Like, not everyone has to follow me on Instagram. If I trigger you or you hate me, like, look somewhere else. Like, don't waste your energy obsessing about what I'm doing or how I spend my time. Um, there's, like, a lot of other people you can connect with or follow. Like, that's all right. So, <laughs> hi, Monica. I see you're writing. I don't like peaches. Peaches are so good, though. I, I have, I'm, a, I'm a fruit snob. I can't deal with fruit that's too soft or too... Um, too mushy. I don't know. So peaches for me need to be like firm peaches. I like that. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm a fruit snob. It's weird. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for asking those questions, you guys. It's super beautiful. Um, someone else is asking for yoga retreats. And I don't know if this question comes from someone who wants to lead their own yoga retreats or if it's from someone who wants to attend the yoga retreat. But he or she is asking, um, what are three things that you always include in a yoga retreat? And it's hard to pick just three. Um, aside from asana practice and the physical practice, of course, that we do in the room, um, I always include sharing sessions. Always, always, always. That we get to sit face-to-face, -face, um, either in a big circle or one-on-one -on -one, um, or in groups of three and five. And we get to intimately, um, openly share um, about usually challenging, challenging subjects. This is a life-changing practice. Um, so the practice of satya, the practice of speaking truth, it's a really big one. Sometimes people come to these retreats that I do and they are so surprised by the, these practices that we have and, you know, really uncomfortable and we look each other in the eye for a long time. Like, it's a very intense thing. Uh, you ha it requires a lot of vulnerability and intimacy, which is hard for most people here. Uh, I mean, here as in this, in this world. Like, it's a challenging thing to be that intimate with a stranger. But it's fully, it's, it shows you so much about who you are and it's such a beautiful practice. And now at the end of the retreats, it's always everybody's favorite thing. It's always the thing they miss the most. Um, so that's one thing I always include. Um, I always include some form of journaling also, um, usually connected to a big intention setting ceremony of some sort so that everyone at the very beginning of the retreat can truly arrive at answering the question of why am I here? Um, you know, sometimes we, and that's a good thing to do for anything big that you're doing in life or any new cycle that you're starting, or of course the new year, um, if you're struggling or, you know, you're embarking on something new, like a new project or new business, get really clear about your intentions and set really loving intentions so that you know why you're doing what you're doing. So that it's just not, you know, not a mindless thing where you're just kind of soldiering on and going on and on about your life. But you want to be mindful. You want to live a mindful life so that you make decisions that actually take you where you want to go. 
I've been having this conversation with my sister who's here in Aruba right now. Um, she's 20 years old. She's going to be an opera singer. That's her big dream. She's an amazing singer. She goes to music school. She spends her whole life dedicated to achieving this beautiful, beautiful dream. She's so talented. And I can see her in New York or in Vienna, you know, at the opera, like really making it, which is super hard, really, really challenging field to be in. It requires so much work, right? And then you know, she was having a low moment where she said, oh, I just kind of want to like party and not think about anything or I don't want to study so hard. And I wish I didn't have to think about all this stuff all the time. It's so hard. And we talked about that. And I said, well, it's really easy to say, fuck it. Like, it's really easy to just drop it. It's really easy to, to, to take the easy way out. And yeah, go lie on a beach somewhere. <laughs> Dennis, <laughs> my husband just comments, send Bobs. You didn't even write boobs. <laughs> he writes send bobs. B-O-B-Z. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna die right now. I lost my train of thought. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, Dennis, you're okay. I was saying, okay, so feeling unmotivated. Um, it is really easy to drop it. It's really easy to take the easy way out and go do something else. And yeah become a beach bum or, you know, start working at a bar and, you know, don't pursue your dream because it requires a lot of work. It's really easy to, to lose that. Um, so you have to get back to the intention of, well, why am I doing this? Like, what is it? Like, and for her, which I really genuinely believe is this heart centered place of the joy singing brings her. And she wants to sing for a living. She wants to sing. It's her biggest dream. She wants to pursue it. If she loses the reason as to why she's singing, uh, it's going to be really hard to continue. So setting intentions is a super important piece of everything. Um, and then another thing that we do in retreats always, I mean, we do a lot of fun things outside. Like we usually gather around the fire at some point. Uh, we usually always go hiking. Like we're always on the beach. Like there's things like that that we do a lot. But sometimes we do dance parties too, which is really nice. Super awesome. Um, so yeah, thank you for asking that question. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Before I became a mom, I used to devour books. I love reading almost as much as I love yoga. It became a little bit more challenging to find time to sit down and open a book since I had the baby, which is why I'm so excited about Audible. I can finally dive into books again while almost doing anything. Audible is a leading provider of premium audiobooks, shows, news, comedy, and other audio entertainment from leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, and magazine and newspaper publishers. Audible gives you unmatched library of audio products to help you learn, grow, and imagine. From classics to business, fiction, history, romance, self-development, mystery, sci-fi, and much more, there are audiobooks out there for everyone, now available in high-quality audio across all of your devices. For my From the Heart listeners, today you can go to audible.com slash yoga girl, or you can text yoga girl to 500-500 to start your 30-day trial and get your first book for free. Go to audible.com slash yoga girl. Find that book you've been dying to read, download it for free, and press play. It's that easy. Audible is a better way to listen to audiobooks. For one low monthly fee, you receive credits that give you any book they have in the store, regardless of the price. If you don't use all of your credits one month, they roll over to the next. If you don't like a book, swap it out. Instead of paying varied prices and dealing with complicated streaming, you own the books you buy, even if you cancel your membership. Audible gives you exclusive features like chapter navigation, clip sharing, and whisper sync, which seamlessly moves you from one device to the next without missing a word. Right now, I am listening to an old 
old favorite, The Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Safon, one of my favorite, favorite books. I'm so glad I can finally enjoy it again. Start your 30-day trial today and you can receive your first audiobook for free. Go to audible.com slash yoga girl or text yoga girl to 500-500 to get started. That's audible.com slash yoga girl and you can text yoga girl to 500-500. That's 500-500 for your first book for free. Audible.com slash yoga girl. Um, let me take some more questions from Instagram that I see right now. So you guys, if you're on Instagram right now, listening, um, ask your questions there. Um, there's so much stuff coming in. I, I saw a lot of questions about, I don't know if, if, if anybody cares about this, but um, people are asking me about my hair. <laughs> I don't know. I have nothing real to tell you about my hair. <laughs> my hair. A lot of people have asked, how can you get your hair to grow that long? The answer to that is I never cut my hair. <laughs> so I don't have like a magic recipe of some oil I put in my hair to make it grow. I just, I don't, I cut my hair maybe once a year. So that's, that's just what it is. Um, someone is asking, can you sing? Ha ha. No, I cannot sing, but I, I mean, I can sing. Everyone can sing like, but I'm not going to sing right now because that's not how it goes. Um, I love singing. I sing in the shower a lot. I sing at home a lot. Singing is, is it's, it's really fun, but I'm not the musical person in the family. The musical people in my family is my sister who sings and my brother who is amazing at playing the guitar. That's what he does for a living. He just plays the guitar. That's his whole thing. Uh, people are asking about returning guests uh, returning guests to the podcast. People would love to have Matt back on the podcast. If you haven't heard the episode I did with Matt Kutchel, go tune in. He's super awesome. Jen Pastelov, I definitely want to have back on the podcast. And I see her often, I feel. I just saw her a couple weeks ago. So we're going to make that happen for sure. Um, on the question of what language we're teaching loonies, and I've answered this so many times, but the question keeps coming in, so I guess I can answer it one more time. Um, I speak Swedish with her, and I feel like Swedish is going to be her first language. I don't know why. Also, because Dennis is now randomly speaking a lot of Swedish with her. He's learning Swedish as the baby learns Swedish. So... I just catch him like when he thinks like, I don't know, he doesn't know I'm listening and he's like reading Swedish books to her or saying little sentences in Swedish. So Swedish for sure is like number one together with English, of course, because we speak English in the family. So Swedish and English probably the same 50-50. Um, and then her grandparents on Dennis's side speak Dutch with her. She'll learn Dutch if she goes to school here because that's the, the, the main language on the island uh, in terms of school. That's what they study. Um, and then and this island is quadlingual. So she'll learn Papiamento, of course, which is Dennis's first language. Uh, and he speaks not a lot of Papiamento with her sometimes. I heard him sing Papiamento the other day. I don't know how long ago that was. It's so beautiful. I wish he spoke more Papiamento with her. So without trying, if we just live here, she'll know five languages. So Spanish also is on that list because everyone speaks Spanish here too. So Spanish, English, Papiamento, Dutch, and Swedish. And I've read a lot about it. They say uh, multilingual or bilingual, or I mean, this is what quadlingual babies, uh, they speak a little later, which might be true. But if you stay really connected, so the same person speaks the same language always, um, there's not really a huge limit as to how many languages a child can learn. Like that's uh, a pretty cool thing. It would be really awesome if she had five languages for the rest of her life. So we're going we're gonna to rock that as much as we can. Um, in terms of books, you guys, people are asking a lot of questions about books. Um, 
it's hard because I, there's so much out there. I have a huge bookshelf at home. I read a lot. Uh, I also transition, like I go from book to book a lot. I'll come back to, to certain things again and again. So it depends on what you're looking for. Um, I mean, a book that I always, books overall that I always come back to is anything by Osho. <laughs> so if, um, yeah, if you don't know Osho, um, any of his books or, or transcripts of, of talks, which most of them are, are really, really beautiful. There's a great one on intimacy that I love, um, that I have at home that I read a lot. We have at the studio, the book on courage is also really beautiful. Um, power of now is a good one to, uh, be here now by Ram Dass. Those are like the top, yeah, I don't know how many I just mentioned, but that, that are like my go-to, especially if I want to just drop in and, and, and connect in a place of silence. But then there's other things. I don't know. Have you guys, have you heard about a book called Yoga Girl by this person named something, something, Rachel Brayton? I have a book. So if you haven't tuned in and checked out my book, you should totally do that. Um, segueing into another question about my next book that everybody knows I've been writing for what feels like a forking eternity. I don't know how long I've been working on this book. It was so hard to write when pregnant. It was so hard to write um, with a newborn baby. It's getting harder to write. It's not getting easier. Um, so my uh, yeah original deadline for this book passed many moons ago. Um, I'm going to finish it now like I'm gonna finish it within the next two months and finish it for me means like hand in the final manuscript and then there's of course the whole process of what I do with my editor so I don't know when it will be released I don't I don't know I will get back to you on that I have to first get my shit together it was part of uh, it was part of my intentions this year is to write two hours a day did I do that today no why did I not do that today because I'm not feeling good oh Ervin hi I see you how are you? Oh, say hi to your little brother for me. You guys are so beautiful. Okay, I'm going to soon wrap this up. I'm going to take three more questions. So bring it on. Three more questions. Um, okay, here's a good one. Do you have any tips for dealing with anxiety? This one came in a lot. A lot of people are asking about anxiety. Um, do you have any tips for dealing with anxiety? I have... I have a lot of tips. I don't know. I'm not, you know, the super expert. I don't think my biggest anxiety that I've ever experienced in my life came after I had a baby. Um, that just the level of worry I feel for the well-being and health of this child every moment of every day is out of this fucking world. I don't know if anybody would have told me how you know, beautiful and horrible it is to be a mom because of this paralyzing fear that something's going to happen to your child. And the more I talk to other people about it, the more I find out that this is normal. Like everybody basically feels this way. Mostly. I mean, I don't know. Is there any mom out there who isn't worried about the well-being of their baby? But I started having these really horrible kind of visions or, you know, it started as soon as she was born. Super strange how my mind would operate in a way that it never used to before, where I would just hold her, walk down the stairs, and then the thought would enter my mind like, oh, wait, what if I would trip and fall and hit her soft little head on the edge of that table and she would die? And then my mind would spin off into this total insane moment that, where I picture every step of the process of her death going to the hospital and she couldn't be revived and then there's a funeral and then my life is over and I kill myself <laughs> in like a split second this whole journey of something would happen to her and yeah then life would be over and then I move on 
And I started having so many of these thoughts, specifically like right after birth, which I think is probably is part of hormones and, and all this being really overwhelmed. But the anxiety of something happening to her got so intense when she was around, I guess, yeah, two months, three months. And the more, of course, I would immerse myself with that type of thinking, the worse my anxiety would get. So, you know, that whole process of envisioning all of it being really horrible, uh, it's such a fast process, but I had to immediately find a way to tap out of that, of that, snap out of that, like really, really fast, like just not get lost and get stuck in this horrible, horrible, horrible space. So I made it my practice to every time I would have, um, a thought like that, that would spin me off into total anxiety because it's not real, right? That thought that I have, it's not real. It's a worry and, uh, and it's not, it's not something that's happening in this moment at all. So I would just take a really deep breath, like really remind myself to ground myself, hold her a little tighter and just like feel her presence and, and, and feel safe. Like I, I really tried that. Um, whenever I would have like a panic attack about something in terms of anxiety, the single most efficient way for me, and this is basically for me, the only thing that works, it's to move my body. Like the mind starts spinning out of control and all the reasons why things are not working um, to move the body, move the body, move the body. So whether it's to do like a little crazy dance party in the living room or like do a burpee or just do something really wild so you can get out of your head and get into the body. Um, I think that's literally the single best way to snap out of a panic attack or of an anxiety, big anxiety moment to really, yeah, to really, really, really let the body do the feeling, let the body ground back um, and, and get present with your heart again, because the body will remind you that you're here right now. Your feet are planted on the ground. You can feel your body in this moment. You're here. You're not in this, you know, horrible scenario in your head that is spurring on um, that anxiety. So when you're moving through something that is challenging, that is difficult in that way, uh, go for a run, jump up and down, do something crazy, hold plank pose, do a down dog, dance. Dancing is awesome. Like swim, do something, just get back into the body, shake it out. You know how a dog, whenever a dog has been lying down or sleeping, as soon as they stand up, they always shake. Like they shake off that old stagnant energy and they, they start fresh all the time. That shaking is a, is a present moment thing. Uh, and we need to do the same. We need to shake some stuff out. So I would say that that's my biggest tip for anyone struggling with anxiety. All right. I have a cue to, uh, I have to wrap up this podcast soon because Instagram live will not allow me to continue. Um, I have two more questions I'm going to do before signing off. So uh, let's see what we can really drop back into to end this podcast. Um, I really wanted to tap into and talk a little bit about fears. I don't know. I've, there's also a lot of questions coming that. And as I say that, someone comments on Instagram, about fear. So I th I'm going to take that as a sign to, to talk about this right now. Um, how do you prevent fear from controlling your life and preventing you from following your heart? This really taps, connects back to the anxiety that, that we were just talking about. So I had to really deeply realize that when I become paralyzed with fear, like for instance, about something happening to the baby, um, it doesn't provide me with anything. Like that's, a, it's, it doesn't give me anything. That type of fear, it's not a fear. Some fear is actually valuable, right? There's fears that are present in our life for, for a reason. Is there danger, actual danger somewhere? Do you have a reason to feel fearful in this moment? And can you use that fear as a way to like fight or flight? Like, you know, like to, to survive. That's why we feel fear. 
But this type of fear that's just present in our mind that isn't actually anchored into a present moment scenario, it's just really paralyzing. So I realized that whenever I sit with this total fear of something happening to her, I can't function as a human being. I become like a really difficult person to deal with. <laughs> I, I don't become a good mom. I become overbearing and overstressed and, and, and freaking out. And, you know, it's not the type of mom that I want to be at all. So realizing that, that that type of fear doesn't add any value to my life. It just takes away from the joy of the moment. That at least helped me to, um, yeah, to, to change it and to actively make that choice of I need to find ways to connect back into the present moment when this happens. And if you have a fear of another type of fear, I don't know if the person who asked this question, if it's related to uh, maybe pursuing your dreams or business or, or anything like that, um, where is the fear coming from? Like that's a big thing too. Sometimes we get paralyzed uh, when it comes to pursuing something we really want to do and we don't take action because we're afraid we're going to fail. That's a big one for a lot of people. Like we're afraid of failure, so we don't do anything. But can you imagine that? Like whatever your dream is, someone asked me yesterday, oh, I always dreamed my whole life to move, to not live in the cold and just to live somewhere warm. Like so amazing. How did you find the courage to do it? And I was like, courage to do it. Like what courage? You don't need any courage. <laughs> just pick up and go. Like, you know, if you have a dream and it's like big enough that you call it a life dream, that you want to live somewhere warm or you want to move to another country, just go. Think about the worst case scenario. Like the worst thing that happens there is that you move or you travel and you go someplace new and you realize, oh, actually I don't want to be here. And then you go back home. (laughs) You know, the worst case scenario there is not that bad. Sometimes we have to try things to figure out what's for us and what isn't. Um, So if the worst case scenario there is that you just move back and then at least you know you're not going to spend the rest of your life thinking, oh, I wanted to move to Costa Rica or to Aruba or to Bali. I wanted to move somewhere, but I never had the courage to try. Just try. Right? And I believe one, if it's a true dream and the intention is there, once we start going, like universe is going to provide for us. It totally, totally is. You have to put yourself out there, ask the right questions. But if you're on the right path and a good path, like you're going to find out that it's not that hard. You can live anywhere in the world. It's not that hard. And you can talk about finances too. Like, hi, Belize, I see you. Um, Finances can hold you back. I don't believe in that. And people get triggered when I speak about that now because my financial situation is very different now that I'm 29 than what it was when I was 19, of course. Like I have a lot of abundance now. I'm really grateful for that. I work hard and I have a different type of life. But I left Sweden when I was 18 or just, yeah, 18, the year I was going to turn 19. Um, I didn't have anything you guys, I had nothing. I had no job. I I had nothing planned out. I didn't know exactly where I was going, how long I was going to stay. I sold some stuff I had at home. I tried working for a couple of months and saved up as much as I could, which was what I realized enough for three months, bare bones living in hostels, like, you know, $5 a night type crappy, crappy places with cockroaches everywhere and all that stuff. But I just wanted to travel, so I didn't care. But If you want to live abroad, if you want to make a living somewhere else, like that's totally possible to do. I got a job kind of right off the bat. I was waitressing, making really crap money, but it was enough for me to sustain myself. I wasn't abundant by any means in terms of financials or in terms of money. No, I was abundant in beach, in relationship, in feeling at peace, in, you know, sunrises and and surf and like beautiful stuff like that. Like that was enough abundance. And, um... And I didn't have a lot of food to eat. (laughs) 
I didn't have a, I didn't have a lot of all the other stuff. And there were moments when I didn't have any plane ticket out anywhere. I had no savings account. I didn't even have like a bank card. Um, didn't have a computer. Didn't have any of that stuff. Um, no place to go. And just trusting that I'm going to be okay goes a really long way. So I would have to get super creative. And I worked at a dive shop for a while or you know, supported a friend with something here and there or see if I could house it for someone so I didn't have to pay, you know, money to or pay rent if I couldn't pay rent anymore. Like along the way, like if I look back at it now, if I would have known, okay, you're going to arrive in these situations where you're not going to know how you're going to fix it, right? You're going to sit there and you're going to have no money or you're not going to be able to pay your rent. Like that would have been a kind of a very paralyzing fear, I'm sure. But looking at it now, like it was a really easy fix all the time because I genuinely believed that I could do anything. Like it wasn't a huge deal. Like I'll find my way through life. You know, I'll ask people for help. I'll connect with people, make new friends. Um, everything sort of always works out if we believe it will. That's the thing. But if we operate out of this total fear of like everything is hard, everything is an obstacle, life is so challenging, it's really hard to go places and then it's going to be really hard to go places. So I don't believe as much in the idea of like accumulating insane amounts of money and then take that pile of money and then go travel or then go move somewhere. Um, you know, make sure you have enough to get by and then just go, just go, you know, just go. Trust, trust in the universe. And if you want to get a job, get a job and work your way through traveling. Like that's a total possible thing. And people do that all over the world. Um, here in Aruba too, you know, we have people that come through island yoga and work for a little bit and then they go and, and it's a totally normal thing. So don't let fear paralyze you or don't let fear hold you back from, from trying, right? And if you're really panicked, like you can always have a little buffer of something that you know, like, hey, if I want to go back or I want to fly back home, like I have that, you know, so worst thing literally worst case scenario it's just that you fly back so don't worry just travel traveling enriches your life to such a degree everyone should travel in their lifetime i'm gonna answer one last question now what should be our last question what should be our last question um should it be a yoga question? I'll wait for, for some Instagram comments to come in. I love you guys too. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting, for writing, for not commenting that much stuff about my boobs. That's super helpful. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, I can end with this question. That's pretty good. Um, someone is asking, do you have any plans for tours in 2018? So I can talk a little bit about, um, 2018 and what's, what this year has in store. I shared my intentions and all that on the blog yesterday. So you can go tune into that on a really personal level. Um, but in terms of this year, we have a bunch of travel actually. And I don't know if anybody listened to the flight from hell podcast. I sometimes meet random people like in the street or something, um, that don't know like at all who I am or what I do. They're not into yoga, but they've heard that podcast episode, which just blows my mind. So that's the, the trip that we took from Sweden to Aruba where like we, there was just poop everywhere. And it was just, it was the worst flight anyone has ever had in the history of flying ever. Um, and it's a really funny podcast episode, but I think that episode went like a little viral in like some weird way because a lot of people who aren't into in this community listened to it and were just laughing their asses off. And after that trip where there was just poop everywhere, the trip from hell, um, I vowed to never fly with a baby ever again. <laughs> 
we're going to be in Aruba for the rest of our lives, staying put, not going anywhere. This is just it. She will have to be homeschooled because we're not traveling anywhere. We're never moving. We're never going back to Sweden. Like, we're going to be right here. No one, nothing else will happen. Of course, that's not a viable thing, but that's the degree of how horrible that trip was. Um, somehow, yet, like still, we have all this travel happening <laughs> next year. And I don't know, I don't know how that came to be. But um, we have a retreat here in Aruba end of March. And then right after that, so I guess beginning of April, we are going to Europe and we're going to be in Europe for almost three, no, over three months, which is really cool. I'm doing a, a really... Uh, what I hope is a really awesome therapy training. So I'm not leading or teaching uh, a training, but I'm going to take one um, for holistic therapy that I'm super, super excited about. And it's in different countries and it's a whole eight day thing every other month for all of the year, basically. So it involves a lot of travels for me. So we start there and I'm bringing Dennis and the baby. We're going to go to Italy for the first one, be there for 10 days. Then we're going to Spain, I think, because Dennis wants to do an Ironman there. And then France, because Patrick and Olivia are getting married, so we're going to go to France. And then uh, Sweden, and we'll be in Sweden for a while, and then we're going back home. So all this stuff is happening. And I was planning maybe I should teach like along the way and teach just teach my way around around Europe would be super fun. So we'll see if, if I have the space to make that happen. Maybe we'll have a class in Stockholm. Maybe we'll have a class somewhere in Italy. Maybe we'll have a class uh, in France would be really fun too. So I'll keep you guys posted. But other than that, I have two teacher trainings here in Aruba. So we're going to be uh, in Aruba for, uh, you know, I don't know the rest of the year, but for a while. I do, however, really miss the touring. Like I really miss teaching the big classes oh yeah Holland is on that list too for sure we always travel via Holland anytime we go anywhere so we always make a stop in Amsterdam too um, but I really miss teaching you know the really big powerful beautiful classes with a lot of people it's it was always my favorite thing to do and we never did it with a baby so we'll see if we have time to squeeze any of that in I will for sure let everybody know and I hope to see you I don't know everyone who's listening everyone who's commenting everyone who's present like I you know I, I love this forum. I love this platform of connecting. I think podcasting is my favorite thing because it gets really intimate and I can just freely speak my mind. <laughs> and I feel like I can connect, you know, from the heart to people in a much, much deeper way. So I love this. Um, what I love more than anything is actually meeting people face to face, you know, like actually being able to give you a hug and connect and have you come to class or just say hi or, you know, so I really hope to see many, many, many more of you this year. It would be super beautiful. If you're passing by Aruba, make sure you come by the studio, take a class, come say hi, have a smoothie. Um, and when I'm traveling about, traveling around, I hope to, to, to catch you guys. I hope to, to hug many, many more people this year. So I would like to just end by wishing everyone a beautiful 2018. And if you started out this year in a semi-crappy way, or if you had a hard year last year and you're really looking for something different, you know, set the tone for that right now. Make good choices. Make good decisions for yourself, for your health, for your body, for your family, for self-love. Give yourself more of that loving kindness that I hope is at the heart of all of our intentions for this year. Just if you ever find yourself dropping into that doubt or that fear, just come back to that love you know, send it to yourself because you need it. We need it. I need it. All of us. We're all in this together. And this is going to be one amazing year. I can feel it in my bones. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next week. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's very special live episode. And big thanks to everyone who tuned in on Instagram as well. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Huge thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thank you to my sponsors, Third Love, Sunbasket, and Audible. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>